think she's just always kind of had an interest for for the human world. Mm-hmm. She, you know, collects all of these thingamabobs. <laughs> she doesn't know what the word for them are. Um, and where is this hidden cave? And how does she keep all this stuff? All this stuff in it. She's a hoarder is what she is. <laughs> Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? I'm a hoarder. Please <laughs> get me some help. No, but really. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Allison. And today we have a very exciting movie to talk about, uh, one that most of you have probably already seen. Definitely a classic in my book, The Little Mermaid. Yes, the Disney animated feature film from 1989 Mm -hmm. as voted on in our poll in Atlas and Friends. Yes. So we decided we wanted to do a Disney movie because we know y'all love Disney. I love Disney. Everybody loves Disney. And there are so many movies out there. We couldn't do just what's your favorite Disney movie because it'd right. be impossible. So we decided to go by decades. And the first one we decided to do was the 80s. And I realized there's not a lot of 80s Disney movies out no. there. No. <laughs> they kind of had a... Well, The Little Mermaid, this film was ushered in the Disney renaissance because after this, the number of animated feature films really took off and that's what made Disney a household name. Before this, they were going to like sell the animation studio, the animation department. They didn't know if they were going to be able to continue making movies. And I always thought The Little Mermaid came out in like 1993 or 94, mm-hmm. but no, nope. 1989, I can't believe it. So I actually have a very vivid memory of when I was a kid seeing this movie with my grandma in theaters. So, I mean, they kept it around. Like, it wasn't just on VHS at that time. Like, you could still see it in theaters. And they do that now, you know, with, you know, theme nights at different theaters where you can go see old movies. But I remember seeing this when I was maybe, like, four. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely been a favorite of mine for many, many years. I showed Allison a picture of me from when I was maybe, like, five in this like little mermaid outfit that my mom bought me and it's super 90s and it's Mm -hmm. super adorable um we both love the soundtrack I mean the soundtrack is pretty iconic we all know part of your world under the sea um kiss the girl poor unfortunate souls yeah it's it's a classic it's definitely if it's not your favorite Disney movie it's up there for sure and you've definitely seen it I got the soundtrack for Christmas but never owned the movie on VHS. They, no. They, Santa. <laughs> I guess it's because my neighbors all had it and we were meant to share the movie, I suppose. Hmm. I don't know. But I still listen to the soundtrack. It's on my iTunes and it'll come on shuffle. And I will turn that up <laughs> all the way. I actually still like part of your world like I was a musical theater kid in high school and part of your world is one of my favorite songs to sing it's just fun um and it's just a great song before we actually get into this um so we don't really want to focus on plot too much with this because we know you've seen it you Mm -hmm. know what happens I mean we can kind of briefly touch on it but both Allison and I did a crap ton of research on this movie on different you know pieces of trivia the original story that it's based on and just some fun fan theories so oh so many fan theories yes we're gonna dive into all the things you're thinking about we're gonna dive into that cover mm-hmm. you know what you're we, we know what you're thinking <laughs> you and we're gonna we're talk about <laughs> and we're gonna talk about some fan theories 
and just some like trivia behind the scenes stuff because this was really uh, so much effort was put into this Mm -hmm. movie from multiple multiple channels right so again you know plot you know it but basically as we know this little mermaid goes up to the shore sees um, a young prince that she falls in love with she wants to be with him her father says no she goes to a sea witch Ursula who is probably one of my favorite Disney villains of all time she is fantastic and speaking of Ursula the character was actually based on a drag performer Divine Mm -hmm. if you guys don't know who Divine is definitely look her up she is amazing and um, her personality and some of her actions were also largely inspired by a previous Disney villain Madame Medusa from The Rescuers if you've seen that one that one's actually 1977 such a good movie it is. And The Rescuers Down Under is great, too. I'm partial to Rescuers Down Under. That one's a good one. And honestly, like, before we even decided we were going to do an 80s one, which by, again, as I'm sure you know, this one won by a landslide. I kind of wish we had done, you know, Oliver and Company. I love Oliver and Company. Such a good one. Um, but, you know, we went with your vote, and we love this movie as well, so definitely not upset about it. Um, but when we were talking about Disney movies, I mean, there's so many 90s Disney movies. There are, I'm not even kidding, almost 100 that came out in that decade. Mm-hmm. It's insane. There's way too many to, you know, just narrow it down for 90s. When we end up doing that, I don't even know how we're going to do it. But but anyway, so again, she makes this uh this pact, I guess, she basically... Signs a contract. Yes, signs a contract to uh, get legs. She wants to go up to the shore to meet her her prince, Eric, and uh, in exchange, she has to give the witch her voice, which, as you know, is beautiful. Gorgeous voice. And so... And she only has three days to, yes, to lock it down. And he... That's how he kind of falls in love with her, because he knows, like, oh, this beautiful voice, you know, that I heard when you know, the shipwrecks and she saves him and he remembers, um, you know, hearing this voice on the sea and, you know, that he was trying to find her. And uh, it's kind of like Cinderella in the glass slipper. Mm-hmm. And so she can't even talk. So she basically has to win him over with just, I wouldn't say her looks, but just by her. Don't you forget a little thing we call body, body language. language. <laughs> Good line. Um, and then we find out Ursula gets, you know, kind of into this. She also has the ability to transform herself. She becomes a person. Vanessa. Yes. Steals her voice. And so Prince Eric is like, oh my God. He's kind of under like a hypnosis when you watch the movie. He has this like blank stare and like monotone voice. Like we want to get married this afternoon. And he's kind of under a spell, too. Which, which, by the way, all these movies where people get married in, like, three days, I planned a wedding, and it is not that f***ing easy. Like, it does not take that little time. It is ridiculous. Anyway, many classic scenes in between that, um, you know, where she uses a fork to brush her hair. Um, you want thingamabobs? I, I got, got 20. 20. And who cares? Sorry. Um, I could go on. <laughs> Jamie's going to have her own solo and then intermission and just sing... The entire song of part of your world maybe um, look 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 out for it make sure you <laughs> wait wait until the end it's it's gonna be good but as we all know um ursula is defeated and she is stabbed in the heart harpooned kind of by that ship yes and she dies and eric does he save her 
because he finds out, you know, oh, she's, you know, the time is he up. He jumps into the ocean when um, Ursula pulls Ariel down, and that's when they have the exchange between the King Triton, and he is like, I'll sacrifice myself for her. Mm-hmm. Ursula gets the crown and the Triton. Triton? Yes. Yes, and that's when she becomes like a monster, Giant. and she's huge and scary. And honestly, that scene's kind of scary, like if I'm being honest here. Yeah, but Eric like swims in there, and he like throws something at her, and but then he ends up steering the boat that harpoons her through the heart mm-hmm. oh and he also finds out that um that her time is up so her you know fins come back yeah and so he's like oh my god she like flops a, off the boat she's a mermaid <laughs> and then they end up happily ever after and king triton is you know at first he was like oh you know he's he's just a boy and he's a human and you know humans are terrible which we kind of trusted <laughs> um he you know kind of has this moment of reckoning where he's like, oh, I'm going to miss her, but I know she's going to be happy. And so they get married and she is no longer uh, a mermaid. She's a human and they live happily ever after. And so, yep, we, we all know the story. But now mm-hmm. we're going to get into some fun, fun trivia and some fun facts about it. Um, I already told you about, you know, Ursula being based on Divine. Uh, Sebastian, our favorite crab, was actually supposed to have an English accent, which thinking about that is really weird. It's weird that as children, I mean, I guess I did never knew what a Trinidad, it sounds Caribbean, but it's Trinidadian. Mm-hmm. I never really picked up on the fact that, okay, where is this supposed to be? But a lot of fan theories suggest that it's in the kind of Scandinavian area between like Germany and let me look up my map Norway and Denmark Hmm. but like we were talking about earlier they switched his accent because they wanted to have more calypso like songs you can listen Mm -hmm. to under the sea and kiss the girl Um, they're very kind of calypso bahamian sounding which I love and then Under the Sea ended up winning the Academy Award for Best Song. Heck yeah. So you can thank um, Howard Ashman, the lyricist slash producer, who suggested that Sebastian's character have a uh, Trinidadian accent. Yes. So in the song we all know and love, can you imagine if that were in an English accent? Hilarious. <laughs> Under the Sea. <laughs> that would be weird. And um, Ariel, the the gal who plays her, Jody Benson, she hasn't really done much that we, the normal people, would know about. But she's done a lot of voice acting. She was the voice of Thumbelina. Oh. Love that movie. And she also is the voice of the Barbie character in Toy Story 2, 3, and 4. Really? I didn't know that one. And you know, it's something interesting about her being the voice of Thumbelina. The author of the original German story, um, Hans Andersen, actually also wrote Princess and the Pea and Thumbelina. Mm-hmm. So kind of cool. Small world. This movie was also the first Disney film based on a fairy tale since Sleeping Beauty, which came out in 1959. That was a long so, time ago. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool that, you know, there aren't that many of them anymore. There's a lot of original Disney stories, which is great, but, you know, all these classics, most of them are based on, you know, fairy tales and child stories. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think, you know, it's interesting. This started the Disney Renaissance, and I only think of this because 
um, I saw the Mr.'s Mr. Rogers movie, which is amazing. But Mr. Rogers, he created entertainment for children, and this kind of kicked off Disney being, you know, focusing on entertainment for children. But this movie, the visuals of it, and the songs, a lot of people can appreciate it. So mm-hmm. they would get, you know, not only kids but families. Some of those date scenes. I, like I think that's why I did so well at the box office because they had a mixed bag of people that came in and it really made this it wasn't just another animated film for kids it was like a feature film right and I love a good animated film that the whole family can enjoy because there's a lot of content out there now that's strictly for kids and oh god it's so boring uh, mm-hmm. anytime I hang out with my my nieces and they're watching some of these shows or these movies that are just for kids it's I mean, they like it, and really, that's all that matters. But when you have a movie like this that everyone can enjoy, and it's something that you know I grew up watching, and I still like, that's that's definitely a a very well rounded animated feature. I still love animated movies. Let's be real; like, I'll yeah. go and see, you know, an animated movie. Maybe not necessarily in theaters because movies are expensive, but yeah. um, I'll definitely watch them. I mean, I love I love animated films, mm-hmm. especially when they have some of that adult content. Which, by the way. Brings us into the uh, the infamous cover of the uh, the original VHS. Little Mermaid VHS. You know what we're talking about. And if you don't, <laughs> just Google if you want Little Mermaid cover scandal. I guess there is uh, a lot of speculation that Disney tried was kind of perverted and tried to add in different sexual innuendos in different movies not even just this one and I'm pretty sure there's also um if you go back and watch this movie when they're getting married the priest has a boner which is (laughs) they say though that that was meant to be his knee but then when they re-released it they fixed it they fixed it they (laughs) like edited that part out but on the cover it kind of looks like a very, uh, you know, it's it's the golden castle underwater, and one of the pillars looks very phallic. That's a penis. Yeah. That's what it is. It, it is. Yeah. There is no, like, maybe, no, it is. It is. It's very apparent. But the guy who drew it, he said it was an honest mistake. He was just tired. He drew something very quickly. And then in all the subsequent releases of the movie on DVD and on VHS, it's a totally different scene. I mean, how many of us have accidentally drawn a penis when we're tired? You're right. <laughs> I know I have. True story. I okay. know I have. So we talk <laughs> a lot about the, you know, the the soundtrack to this movie and how great it is. Um, this is something I found really interesting about Part of Your World. So the song was actually nearly cut from the movie. Yes. Which is crazy because it's... It's probably aside from I don't know I mean almost I feel like all of the big songs are like they're the you know the the song of the movie but definitely part of your world is probably the one thing people think of the most and uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg felt that it was boring as well as being too far over the heads of the children for whom it was intended at a test screening children were restless during the song which did not have finished animation John Musker. Ron Clements and Howard Ashman all pleaded their case, begged him to keep the song. He still said no. Ultimately, the guy who managed to convince him to give it a second chance was the animator, Glenn Keane. And they set up another screening, this time with adults, which again brings in the fact that this is a movie everyone can enjoy. 
With an adult audience, there was greater success with this song, even reportedly moving some people to tears. So the song was left in the film. And Katzenberg later said he was happy that no one listened to him because he couldn't imagine the film without the song. It's such a good song. It is. It's beautiful. And it's, you know, we can all relate to that, you know. And this song, um, it kind of, well, it doesn't kind of, it definitely sets the precedent for a lot of other films, subsequent films, where they have this kind of declaration of what they want. I think about tangled how Mm -hmm. she you know wants to go see the lights moana she wants to be in the sea in beauty and the beast she sings about you know wanting to get out of this boring town and all of these things simba sings about i just can't wait to be king so it sets up kind of um the storyline for the protagonist to declare what they don't right. like about their life, what they want to do in this big, grand musical number, which I love. I think it's great. And um, the rep- you know, they reprise the song at the end mm-hmm. when she's with and with Eric, and you're like, oh, she finally did it. Mm-hmm. So magical. It's beautiful. I remember again more vivid memories of me singing this song in my basement. <laughs> we had a karaoke machine Heck when yeah. I was a kid, and. It's actually my sister's Christmas gift, but I used it more often because I am a big diva. And I remember having this uh, soundtrack on cassette that eventually started to wear out because I listened to it too many times. And I would record myself singing this song, and I probably still have that tape somewhere. God hoping I don't because (laughs) it needs to be burned. I remember putting the soundtrack in our big CD changer stereo that we had in our living room. And I would like turn it up really loud and I would slide all over the kitchen like doing grand <laughs> dances and my mom would be like, oh my gosh, girl, I need to get you some headphones because <laughs> I would go cuckoo for it. So good. Um, another interesting fact about this movie that I didn't know was that it's actually been the property of Disney since 1941. And Walt Disney planned to include the much darker Hans Christian Andersen version of the tale, which I will get into shortly. And he actually planned on it being an anthology film. Mm. Yeah. Um, with, uh, of the fantasy author's works. But um, after a bitter strike by the animators that same year and the increasing focus on wartime propaganda shorts, which if you haven't heard of those, those are really interesting um, to watch. The initial version of The Little Mermaid was shelved in 1943. So mm-hmm. it did not get turned into a movie for over 40 years, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And what's also interesting is a couple years before this film came out, they did the live action movie Splash. Mm-hmm. And it was, was it Daryl Hannah? I think it's her. Sorry if I'm wrong, everyone <laughs> who knows. I think it's Daryl Hannah who plays the the mermaid in that and she's got like that long blonde hair so they made ariel have this red hair to really differentiate her and to stand out that's why her fin is that green color that's pretty seafoam green Mm -hmm. it's a complimentary color and uh that shell bra man iconic they i saw this in one of the facts like she was the first princess to bear her midriff and cleavage which 
yeah, for the 80s, it's pretty... Pretty risque. Yeah, pretty forward. You don't see any of the other uh, princesses, Dawn outfits like that in any other movies, even since. Maybe, maybe... The only one I can think of is Aladdin. Yeah. Um, is... Uh, Jasmine. Jasmine's outfit, especially the one at the end. Or when... Pocahontas. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Not all of them, but it was the first. This was the first one. Yep. Like I said, so this uh, fairy tale is actually based on a story by um, Hans Andersen, who also wrote, like I said, Princess and the Pea, Thumbelina. This was originally published in 1837, and uh, the German name is Den Il Havre. I'm so sorry. I probably butchered that. <laughs> Did not take German in high school. Um, so the little mermaid lives in an underwater kingdom with her widowed father, her dowager grandmother, and her five older sisters, each of whom had been born one year apart. When a mermaid turns 15, she is permitted to swim to the surface for the first time to glimpse the world above. And when the sisters become old enough, each of them visits the upper world one at a time every year. As each returns, the little mermaid listens longingly to their various descriptions of the world inhabited by human beings. So this is a first difference in the in the animated feature. I think she's just always kind of had an interest for for the human world. Mm-hmm. She, you know, collects all of these thingamabobs. <laughs> she doesn't know what the word for them are. Um, and where is this hidden cave? And how does she keep all this stuff? All this stuff in it. She's a hoarder is what she is. <laughs> Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? I'm a hoarder. Please <laughs> get me some help. No, but really. Uh, when it's her turn, she rises to the surface, watches a birthday celebration, which we all know, the fireworks. Oh, yeah. Being held on a ship in honor of a handsome prince and falls in love with him from a safe distance, which is a big issue I have with this movie. I mean, I know it's a Disney story. It's a, you know, it's a love story. But girl, you do not know this man. No. Come on. You don't know him. You don't know anything about him. And I know it's kind of a joke. I saw it online once. You know, when you're a kid, you're like rooting for them. Like, yes, they need to be together. But the older you get, you start to become like like King Trait when you're like, you don't even know him. Like, you don't know this man. Like, It's like, Ariel, do you even know his last name when you're in love with him? <laughs> Come on. But I guess, you know, true love knows no bounds. Uh, mm-hmm. So... Violent storm hints, sinking the ship, and the Little Mermaid saves the prince from drowning. She delivers him unconscious to the shore near a temple. This all sounds familiar. Here she waits until a young woman from the temple and her ladies in waiting find him. To her dismay, the prince never sees the Little Mermaid or even realizes that it was she who had originally saved his life. So that's interesting. The mermaid becomes very sad, asked her grandmother if humans can live forever. And the grandmother explains that humans have a much shorter lifespan than a mermaid's 300 years. Mm. But that when mermaids die, they turn to sea foam and cease to exist while humans have an eternal soul that lives on in heaven. The mermaid longing for the prince and an eternal soul visits the sea witch in a dangerous part of the ocean. The witch willingly helps her by selling her a potion that gives her legs. And this is where it gets really dark. In exchange for her tongue and beautiful voice, as she has the most enchanting voice in the world, the witch warns the little mermaid that once she becomes a human, she will never be able to return to the sea. Consuming the potion will make her feel as if a sword is being passed through her body, yet when she recovers, she will have two human legs and will be able to dance like no human has ever danced before. However, she will constantly feel as if she is walking on sharp knives and her feet will bleed terribly. In addition, she will only obtain a soul... Only if she wins the love of the prince and marries him, for then a part of his soul will flow into her. 
Otherwise, at dawn mm. on the first day after he marries someone else, the Little Mermaid will die of a broken heart and dissolve into sea foam upon the waves. So that doesn't really sound like a very good exchange to me. <laughs> no. But this girl, what does she do? She does it. True love, man. It'll make you do crazy things. Yep. So she uh, swims to the surface near the prince's palace, drinks the potion she's found by the prince, who is mesmerized by her beauty and grace. Miss United States. She's beauty and (laughs) she's grace. Even though she is mute, most of all, he likes to see her dance, and she dances for him despite suffering excruciating pain with every step. (laughs) (laughs) I just think of... that's so funny to me the first thing i think of is that episode of the office where um michael is gonna have them walk on uh the hot coals yeah nobody will do it but dwight is like i'll do it and i will stand on the coals until you give me the job and he's just literally standing there like lifting his feet and like falling to the ground because he's in so much pain like i can just imagine her like see do you like this do you like my dancing? do you like my dancing while she's like bleeding profusely Soon, the Little Mermaid becomes the prince's favorite companion and accompanies him on many of his outings. When the prince's parents encourage their son to marry the neighboring princess in an arranged marriage, the prince tells the Little Mermaid he will not because he does not love the princess. He goes on to say that he can only love the young woman from the temple who he believes rescued him. It turns out that the princess from the neighboring kingdom is the temple girl as she was sent to the temple for her education. Interesting. So he... Basically, is like he likes this little mermaid, but he doesn't really love her because he's in love with a girl who he thought rescued him, which is actually her. Mm-hmm. The prince declares his love for her, and the royal wedding is announced at once. Prince and princess celebrate their new marriage on a wedding ship, and the little mermaid's heart breaks. She thinks of all that she has sacrificed and of all the pain she has endured for the prince she despairs thinking of the death that awaits her but before dawn her sisters rise out of the water and bring her a knife that the sea witch has given them in exchange for their long beautiful hair oh my god if the little mermaid kills the prince and lets his blood drip on her feet she will become a mermaid once more all of her suffering will end and she will live out her full life in the ocean with her family wow (sighs) However, the Little Mermaid cannot bring herself to kill the sleeping prince lying with his new bride, and she throws the knife and herself off the ship into the water just as dawn breaks. Her body dissolves into foam, but instead of ceasing to exist, she feels the warm sun and discovers that she has turned into a luminous and ethereal earthbound spirit, a daughter of the air. I actually didn't know this part. As the Little Mermaid ascends into the atmosphere, she is greeted by other daughters who tell her she has become like them because she strove with all of her heart to obtain an immortal soul. Because of her selflessness, she is given the chance to earn her own soul by doing good deeds to mankind for 300 years and will one day rise up into the kingdom of God. Whoa. That is not at all what I thought the ending was. <laughs> That's <laughs> that really took interesting. That's a really, like, uh... uh christian idea of heaven mm-hmm. whoa interesting yeah coupled with the fact that it was like well if you murder this guy <laughs> you can live that is so interesting i mean if we're being honest i'd be totally selfish and would murder him but also same <laughs> this is same. not my life or a real situation but he's a prince and he probably has like really bad habits so you would probably hate him after being married to him for like six months anyways and you don't even know him it's so sad though because like they spent how they don't really explain how much time they actually spend together and she was never able to tell him like i saved you like 
you're only alive because of me. And I did all this shit for you. Like, I'm bleeding all the time when I walk and dance for you. Like, come on. Why couldn't she write a note and be like, hey. Right. Like, does she not know how to read or write? Well. Maybe not. She wrote her name when she signed that contract. That's true. She, Mm. and I mean, she was a singer. Maybe she, I don't, they probably didn't have songbooks, but homegirl, she knew how to read and write. I am thinking. She knew how to write her name. She could have, I don't know, plot yeah, hole. Yeah, you know, but that is not the story we all we all grew to know. The adaptation was vastly different. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that is, that is pretty dark there for a, a kid's story. <laughs> yeah, uh, for a fairy tale. But I guess I feel like fairy tales, quote, back then, all had ulterior motives as a reason, like, Mm-hmm. they would tell these stories so that like kids wouldn't go play in the ocean right? like hansel and gretel like yeah being eaten <laughs> or a bunch of these other stories they had like a they had a purpose behind them i yeah. suppose so maybe there was a reason to write this so sadly i think maybe just don't fall in love with strangers maybe don't, don't fall in love with ocean muses sirens and, and uh don't uh don't go to the um, the sketchy witch in the dark part of the ocean. <laughs> right. <laughs> to Don't get legs. There's always, a, there's always a catch. So a little bit more information about uh, not the movie. We can move past the movie. We have tons of fan theories mm-hmm. about just the Disney universe. So if you've seen any Disney movie, a lot of them are connected in little ways or they have little Easter eggs throughout, especially like Pixar movies. There's always at least one Easter egg in each of them showing, you know, relation to a different, you know, Pixar universe. Disney is very much the same. And uh, there's actually a huge theory relating the Little Mermaid, Frozen, uh, Tangled, and Tarzan. And... Hercules. And Hercules, yes. But, but Hercules is his own thing. Hercules is his own thing. So Hercules, as we know, Hercules, you don't know. <laughs> you got like really serious. Hercules. Hercules. He's the son of Zeus. Um, Zeus's brother was Poseidon. And Poseidon. But Poseidon wasn't uh, Ariel's father he was her grandfather grandfather because king second cousin king triton aka ariel's dad was poseidon's son so their first cousins once removed that's amazing right that is amazing there's also a theory that you know in the original peter pan they peter pan has is friends with these mermaids at the lagoon or at the grotto some speculate that uh, Ariel's mother was one of those, one of those mermaids there, hmm. and uh, yeah, because they they fly from London to Neverland. It couldn't have been that far away. <laughs> they speculate that it's kind of up in that in that area, Norwegian Germany area right. too. You know what's really sad too is I've heard that like the Peter Pan like original or maybe it's just like a theory is that these kids die when they go with Peter. You know to like. Oh, the be young forever. I thought they like jumped out the window. Like they jumped out of the window. And then just like died. And died. Yeah, Disney's kind of sad. 
but they finesse they finesse these all these stories into like happy endings right i mean if you're gonna gear towards children you don't want them to know the the dark truth of of life i guess but though god forbid i the only movie that comes to mind with like a princess that has both living parents is moana otherwise yeah. you know ariel's mom is dead uh tarzan's parents are dead in frozen the parents are dead simba's dad dies tragically dad died in uh tangled obviously she's got her evil stepmother and her parents are they actually have a happy ending, at least in the Disney movie yeah. version. She ends up finding her parents. I don't really know the original. Well, the original Rapunzel, we don't really know much about her parents. Mm. So who's, who's to say? Um, but let's get into that fan theory. So how, how are all of these movies related, Allison? So if you've seen Frozen, you know that Anna and Elsa's parents died going on a ship Mm -hmm. they kind of show it in the first couple scenes of the movie after the ice chopping scene and um it's theorized that they were going to rapunzel's return celebration because at the end of rapunzel's celebration Mm -hmm. and you know entangled she's reunited with her family and they see her her lock of hair and whatever she is the princess again so anna and elsa's parents ship sank going to visit Rapunzel's celebration. And And that is why Rapunzel and Flynn felt the need to go to Elsa's coronation Mm -hmm. a couple years later. In a a quick shot from behind. And And the kingdom of Corona, which is Rapunzel, they theorize it's in Germany. Kingdom of Arendelle is in Norway. So in a little mermaid movie was near denmark like off the coast of germany so what if the that sunken ship that ariel visits and she finds the fork they think that it was the king and queen of arendelle's ship that Mm -hmm. sank so there's all these little little and then it gets even deeper yes with tarzan yes so this was the first theory that i heard and i was like what and it actually like again based on like geo- geographical location like this is actually like and none of this is real but like, <laughs> but like in the universe like it actually makes sense and then with tarzan so they speculate that anna and elsa's parents didn't die on the shipwreck right. that they actually made it to uh the jungle yeah they got washed up on shore in a jungle island the queen gave birth to a baby boy Tarzan and then they die because of the leopard but then that means that Tarzan is Elsa and Anna's brother yes so there you go and they're connected by way of Anna and Elsa are connected to Tarzan obviously by their parents and then connected to the little mermaid because of all these coronations there are all these royal families that are going to see each other which is bonkers there's also the theory that uh prince eric is related to princess aurora from sleeping beauty because supposedly in one of the scenes where you're in his you know the the castle his home there's a a portrait that looks a lot like aurora and prince philip Mm -hmm. so uh who knows you'll have to watch the movie and look for these little hidden clues and Mm -hmm. see see some of these things and those pesky writers right right there's little clues and 
um, and all the scenes. And this was one of the last movies that they used the cell animation because after this, they really moved to a lot of digital animation. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these um, details aren't as clear because they're kind of in the background and they're painted on these big plastic cells when they would animate but I mean I think for 1989 the production value of this is incredible I love all the like glitter scenes that Mm -hmm. they have and all the bright colors and they the the opening scene where Ariel goes to look up on the ship and she sees them they doled that out a lot because they wanted to save those bright colors for Mm -hmm. under the sea specifically you know the scene like where they're singing under the sea and they're talking about all the different creatures. Like they're so bright and they're so colorful. And um, I think about like King Triton's Triton and how it's like yep. so bright and golden and, and the lightning, it's uh, really, really pretty. And that's, it, I think it would be hard to create an effect like that with traditional animation. And what was it you were saying about the bubbles? Oh, they didn't want... they wanted all of the bubbles to be hand-drawn. Over a million bubbles. So they outsourced it to a Japanese animation studio that went in and basically like over-animated the bubbles for all of it. And um, you don't really notice them that much, but if you go back and you watch it, especially in the first like 10, 15 minutes where she's in the sea and she is, um, you know, when she's in her little... A treasure trove you can see a lot of the a lot of those bubbles and a lot of those details which is pretty cool I have so much respect for for hand animation mm-hmm. and I know it's not really a thing anymore but I mean just and you know I do a lot of computer work myself and so I know that computer animation is also extremely difficult but hand-drawn animation I mean just the amount of time and effort and just raw talent you have to have to do something like that. Like when I think about like bubbles, like if I were to do something like that, if I'm creating something digitally, like just like a graphic or something, I'm going to copy that bubble a hundred times. I'm not going to draw each one individually. Right. That's amazing to me. And, and they're that's not just... even like perfectly round. No. So, you know, like a normal, like when you blow a bubble, it's going to move a little bit and not be perfectly spherical as it's formed. So they're really, really interesting and uh, it's a nice little detail mm-hmm. added in there that I think really elevates the film. So, yeah, for a movie being made in the late 80s, I mean, there's so much about it that still holds up. Not even just the story that we all know and love, but just the animation, the music. Everything about it is just so so spectacular even to this day. And that's why I, I love Disney. And I could talk about Disney movies forever you know, and just the Disney universe in general is just so magical mm-hmm. and the things that they're able to do both in movies and at their theme parks and everywhere is it's incredible and, and they, I, Disney puts, isn't perfect I mean no. <laughs> let's be real here it's not perfect but the, the this universe that they've created for generations is is pretty spectacular and the amount of effort and work that goes into any animated film but especially this one because Mm -hmm. they use the old storyboards they paint hand painted a lot of the backgrounds and kept it on there they use you know this machine that allowed them to animate in layers so that the background they wouldn't have to redraw the background every time kind of like um 
if you remember watching the old Scooby-Doo cartoons when they're like running through mm-hmm. something, you can you if you pay attention, you notice that the background kind of repeats itself. Right. Similar type of thing. So they had to create all these different backgrounds, hand draw or hand paint all of these things and put the storyboards up and all this. I can't imagine the amount of, you know, of work that goes in just to create, you know, what in today's standards, a subpar right. visually subpar film compared to computer it's like they say that'll make them like they used to Mm -hmm. right but they drew um i read too that they drew a lot of inspiration for ariel's like in the ariel's hair and like king triton's hair from seeing um videos of a female astronaut in space and like zero gravity and how her hair moved and they based the look of ariel off Alyssa milano who's on um, really you know, charmed, and now she is a big activist. But yeah, they based her her look kind That's of off really some cool. of her features. Yeah, I love that. Kind of cool. Awesome. Well, uh, just to kind of wrap things up, let's give this a quick review. Uh, out of five stars, I think I'd give this a solid four point five. It is a classic story. It has beautiful music. the The animation is is spectacular it has great characters that we all know and love and it continues to be a part of pop culture i mean something i forgot to mention earlier was it's also a broadway musical Mm -hmm. which is amazing Uh, a lot of disney movies are becoming musicals now um this is one of the few disney movies that's not being made into live action just yet but maybe someday we can only hope yeah and i can only imagine how and not necessarily that you know cgi is is worse than traditional animation it's a new way of telling the same story just in a different way visually Mm -hmm. so if they ever do make this into a a not technically live action but you know if they ever do that with this movie I'd be very interested to see how they do it but I love this movie I unfortunately wouldn't consider it my favorite Disney movie my favorite is probably if we're not counting Pixar because Pixar is technically Disney but it's its own thing I would have to say Hercules is my favorite and it just for for different reasons but uh that you know we'll save that one for another day but I do still love this movie I have great memories of it great memories growing up watching it listening to the soundtrack and I still love it and I hope that my kids uh will be able to love it as well Mm -hmm. so 4.5 what would you give it I am also gonna give it a 4.5 I think I wish that the soundtrack was there were more songs mm-hmm. because compared to like the Frozen soundtrack or Tangled soundtrack, there aren't nearly as many songs. Yeah. But part of your world is iconic. Poor Unfortunate Souls is so good. That's probably one of the best <laughs> villain songs out there. And the, um, just like the, you know, her talking about body language and, you know, all, all these different elements of the song. And, like, I love that. It really paints a picture mm-hmm. of the French song in there, Les Poissons, of the chef who's, like, preparing the seafood. <laughs> Me and my sisters are obsessed with that song. Um, and so I love it for that. But I just think that the, you know, the story is great. Obviously, there are some holes in mm-hmm. it. But it's just a feel-good movie. And it's a classic. And, like I said, it started kind of the – renaissance of disney coming out with all these films and it uh it did it was a big deal for its time and i think it still lives up to this day even the animation wise i know my 
Um, my little cousins that I watched, they love the movie and it's great. I love it. So we just wanted to thank everybody for participating in our poll. I know that, uh, even though you didn't pick Oliver and company, which I love that movie, this movie (laughs) is better than Oliver and company, but agreed. But that that (laughs) one is a good one. You should watch that one as well. Uh, Did we mention, uh, where we can find this movie? So Disney's a little bit weird, as we know. Yeah. There's not many Disney movies like on Netflix. Um, I got it on iTunes. I bought it on iTunes. Um, otherwise, I think the best place to probably get it would be, honestly, like Walmart or Target. They would probably have it on DVD there. Yep. Um, it was 20 bucks on iTunes, but obviously you can download that and you can watch it on your phone, Apple TV, or your iPad. Yep. And uh, next week, we are going to tackle the Oscar winner for the uh, 2019 Academy Awards. We are very excited about that one. Uh, By the time that you listen to this, the Oscars will have already happened. But uh, we hope that you guys tune in to see which one wins. And if you haven't seen any of the Oscar nominations, definitely check them out. They are great. Yes. Personally, I've only seen two of them. But <laughs> I'm hoping that the one that wins is one I haven't seen. So we have a chance to talk about something new. And as always, you guys, make sure to give us some recommendations. We're always open to new genres, new types of movies, television shows, documentaries, docuseries, uh, whatever you guys want us to talk about. We will talk about it. And I really hope you guys like this this format for this particular episode. We definitely want to go more in that direction in the future, focus less on the plot and more on the making of the movie, our thoughts on the movie, trivia, you know, theories, things like that. So uh, we hope that you liked this, this episode. Mm-hmm. As always, everybody, have a good night, and we will see you next time. Thanks so much.